Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. As he said, I'm David, and today we're going to answer your questions here live on the show. So I'm always happy to do this, always happy to answer your questions. And uh, if if you do have questions, um, what I want you to do to submit them here to the show is go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact. When you hit that page, there's two ways to send in a question to be answered here on the show. The first is um, you can speak. You can you can press a button, uh, enable your microphone, and just talk out up to 90 seconds. You can send me a message that, that has your question, talk about your console, whatever else, and we'll feature those clips on the show. The other way is we've got a contact form. You can fill that out. You can ask your questions, send it in, and we answer them here. It's really that simple. So as I said, it's question and answer week. We do this every other week. It's always a lot of fun. And it's kind of a glimpse for those of you that that ask questions and listen here into what happens inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Because not only do you get access to all the action plans, all the courses inside the labs that can teach you so much about lighting and how to apply it to your circumstance, not just the how to use these features, but but how to apply these things um, to what you're doing. But also, also inside is the forums. And that's that's really where a lot of the magic happens because you can learn a lot from the action plans. But the forums is where you can ask questions, get motivated, and you know, say, you know, you you're you're going through an action plan and you say, okay, I've got these lights. How how does this part of it pertain to me? You just ask and we answer in depth to you. So I'm always excited to do that. I always love getting folks into learning stage lighting labs. We've had a lot of new people in there lately, and I'm really excited, pumped about that. I just, I always love to see people succeed with lighting. And I just love this thing of the internet, just to kind of go on a little bit of a tangent, because it's amazing to me that I'm able to be here, you know, in my office, teaching you guys from Nashville to the whole world. And then those who are in learning stage lighting labs get access to um, even more information, more in depth, and are able to get the access of a knowledge of a lighting designer to help them through their problems for a fraction of what it costs traditionally. You know, sure, there's there's some situations where it makes sense. You know, you want to bring somebody in and just have them come up with something and hand it off to you. And, and that's great. You can have people come into your facility. You can hire a lighting designer. But for a lot of people, especially on the entry-level bands, churches, DJs, whoever, uh, you know, a lot of times it, it's like that's not affordable. And so uh, it, it just always excites me to go off on a little tangent that we're able to provide this here, this Learn Stage Lighting Labs, where you guys are able to pay a very reasonable amount um, and, and be able to get access to all this great information and be able to succeed with lighting. We've had some some really great stories coming out of there lately. So off that tangent, um, you can find more if you're interested at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. But today's just a little taste of that. Now, if you are here, and um, this is your first time here on the show and you, you want to get started with lighting, head over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. There's a little quiz there where you just answer a couple questions and I'm going to send you a guide to get you started with lighting in your email. So be sure to check that out. Awesome. So let's dive into the questions. we got a few questions this week. I'm always excited to answer them and we're going to start with Chris. So uh, Chris says, I'm a teenager who wants to become a lighting designer and operator for concerts. I can operate a couple of systems, but what I would like to know is how I begin getting into this industry, getting gigs, working for a production company, on and on and so forth. Um, what can I do to advance in this industry? 
um, such as learning new systems, uh, consoles, etc. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Awesome. Well, I love, Chris, that you've already nailed on the head that being personable, respectful, and reliable is huge. Okay, so here, here's what I would do. And yes, this is kind of what I did, but but I know other people who've done this approach too. Um, and I actually saw there was a good conversation on Facebook in one of the groups about this the other day. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I ran into when I was starting, and I know other people have run into, is that especially when you're under 18, the various work laws that exist for how long you can work, what hours, work permit and stuff, is often something that production companies really don't want to mess with. Because if if you get into this industry, you'll find out that when you're working with production companies, you know, everybody's busy and they really don't want to have to deal with, with some other paperwork or complication. So how do you get that experience? Well, what I would recommend is, you know, the very most important thing that I noticed with my career and friends of mine too, other people I've worked with, even people I've met in this industry over time, is that the experience is more important than the money, first of all, um, especially when you're just first starting out if you're a teenager and you just want to learn. So go out there and maybe you can do this in conjunction with your school. Maybe you just do it on your own, but I think the school helps make it feel more legitimate um, to people and go out to the companies that you would want to work for and say, Hey, you know, I'm a teenager, you know, the whole work permit thing in school, you know, that gets a little fuzzy, but I would like to intern with you. And maybe it could be a paid internship. Maybe it could be an unpaid internship. doesn't matter. Um, say, I want to intern with you so I can learn because one of the things that's interesting, and I've actually noticed in this industry, this is kind of a little a little trick, um, is that, which I wish I had applied better, honestly, when I was first starting in this business. And this little trick that I found is that when you're first starting out, if you go in and ask for a job, if you go in and ask for work, you can get it. And you can start at the bottom of the rung and work in the shop and de-prep things and work as a laborer. And you, you can learn a lot that way. That's a great way to get started. I'm not knocking that at all. But if you come in and say, hey, I want to be an intern, you don't have to pay me, then yeah, you'll help out with the labor, de-prepping the shop, whatever else. But if you stick around and they don't have to worry about budgeting for you on shows and stuff, um, you know, maybe they just cover your food or something, uh, you know, that, that you work out with them, then a production company is more apt to let you you know, not only help with the labor, but hang out. And as long as you're, you know, being respectful, like you, like you said, you know, you get to watch what the people at the consoles are doing, you know, watch and, and don't just watch the lighting guy, watch the audio crew too. watch the video crew, learn as much as you can and soak that in because that's like rocket fuel when you do hit 18 and you can begin to work. And when you get older and, and actually start, you know, selling yourself as a tech. Not only that, but it gives you a great in with whatever company you may intern with. So I highly, highly recommend that. Um, I also, just in not dealing with the work permit stuff, um, I know when I was growing up, um, I think you kind of didn't have to have a work permit if it was in the summer, but in the school year, you kind of did. Um, maybe that was a gray area in my state when I was growing up. But, but regardless, um, that's another great way that you can you know, kind of get around thing or work, work around limitations, at least, especially in the hours. And so when I was uh, 17, I got a great job working with a local lighting company, did a bunch of work with them that summer and learned so much. And so I really recommend that as well. Just going hard in the summer, not, 
not lazing off like a lot of your friends are and just playing Xbox all day. Um, I know not everybody does that, but but having a focus on say, hey, what do I want to do with my life? Um, and, and really, you know, learning and growing towards that. So that's that's my recommendation there. Um, I wouldn't recommend probably buying a console. I, I would not recommend that I'd put your money and your focus into getting that training and learning things from people. Because, I mean, you can buy a console anytime, but the fact is, um, learning consoles is great, and it's good to know things on consoles. But you can learn with the free PC software from all the consoles, you can learn how to do things. You can learn Grand MA, you can learn Hog, you can learn Onyx, you can learn Vista, you can learn whatever console you want, because you can download all the software on a PC for free and get to know that stuff. And that's something I wish I had done earlier, honestly, because I was a Mac guy um, as a teenager and, and even early into my career uh, working at a production company. And, and there's no problem with being a Mac guy, but I wish I had just gone out and bought a PC so I could learn these consoles because I just made up the excuse. Oh, well, I'm a Mac guy, so I, I can't install those. I, I don't have a PC, so sorry. And I, I think I could have. I could have sped up my career faster. I know I could have if I had learned the consoles. The other information, you know, getting in there, learning how people do things, how people cable things, how the industry works, how to work with labor, you know, all of that is on the job stuff that you can learn. Uh, and it's just as important, if not more important than programming a console. But if you have that console knowledge, once you learn that other knowledge and those two come together, bam, you know, you're ready for success. So that's my recommendation, Chris, to you. Uh, Gabrielle or Gabrielle, probably. Um, it could be a girl, could be Gabriel. Um, sorry, but no, I guess that would be a guy. Never mind. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with non um, English names sometimes. And um, so I'm glad I came across your video's website. Okay, I delved into lighting this past year as an assistant to a lighting technician in a theater. I currently, um, I am currently thinking to get myself a basic setup as a hobby. Um, I want to get some lasers but you're having trouble choosing what DMX controller to use for your lights and lasers. At first you were certain that DMX's with ShowBuddy Active was the way to go um, with visuals, but then you read about Chavez Show Express. Um, what two setups would I recommend? Which of the two would I recommend? Um, your main goal is to sit back during a live show and control the lights to music, including live gigs. Yeah. So I would definitely... Gabrielle, Gabrielle, I would I would push you towards um, Show Express or Entex D Pro or Work Pro's Light Shark. Um, all these are featured on my website uh, because um, DMXs and Showbody Active, um, which actually Showbody Active is really you don't need DMXs separately, um, but that's been a whole thing, anyways. But but those programs really are designed for people to run shows automatically from stage with their band's music. It's not as much designed as something to run a live band with. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. You know, you can, in this industry, especially with lighting consoles, you can make any tool work a way that it's not supposed to, but or that it's not designed to, but there's always compromises and there's always things that are difficult to do and whatnot. So I don't recommend that for that reason. I love those consoles. They're great at what they do, but for your use, it's, it's not the right fit. So um, Show Express is great. You know, it can be if, especially on the Mac, it's it's real buggy. On a PC, it's better. Um, I really like WorkPro's Light Shark, which is a standalone deal that you control with a tablet or a PC um, via a web interface. It's awesome, um, and it's a real console. It's, it's great. Um, but um, you know, 
there's there's a lot of options there. So I, I check out those ones, but definitely aim towards looking at NTXD Pro, Work Pros, Lightshark, and Chavez Show Express. We'll link to posts on Learn Stage Lighting about all of these units in the show notes uh, for you. But yeah, you definitely if you're if you're actually playing back music and controlling the lights, then um, you're gonna you're gonna want a console more like that. If you feel like you, you look at those consoles and you feel like, hey, they might be a little limiting. You want something more complex than look at Onyx, which is a professional level console. It has a longer learning curve. It's it's harder to learn, but you can do a lot more with it. Daniel writes in and says, I belong to a course. Um, years past, we would put on a yearly show in the theater. Never had to worry about sound or lighting. Okay, okay, never had to worry about like acquiring it because now they use alternative venues. I'd like to put together a theater-in-a-box system by leveraging open-source software. I use a rack-on-wheel, a USB sound interface, and a USB to DMX4 lighting control. I was wondering if there are dummy slider controls that can be connected to a PC to act as a level control, etc. Seems like everything with sliders on it includes preamps and stuff I would need. Okay, so Daniel, if you're looking to control lighting and or audio... Um, the first thing you want to do is figure out what program you're going to use. You're big on open source, and that's fine. There's a great pro- there's a program in the open source world called QLC Plus, and one called Freestyler, um, and you know they're pretty good. They're not as good as the paid stuff. I'm going to put that out there, or even the free versions of paid software that are made by these different manufacturers. Um, I love open source software, but at the same time, in our world of lighting, it's a pretty small industry. And the free versions of paid programs are often considerably better and easier to use than those open source versions. So I'd I'd take a second look at needing to stay open source because I'm not sure it's the best bet um, in this business. And I've I've studied it a lot. But regardless, um, what you're looking for, you want some physical control, is you want to look at programs that you're, you're considering to run this with and look at if they support control via MIDI controllers, okay? We'll link to a post on Learn Stage Lighting called uh, How Do I Control My Lighting Console with MIDI Controllers? It's something like that. And But um, because a MIDI controller doesn't have preamps, doesn't have audio outputs, it's just something that usually connects with USB for USB MIDI to your computer and then allows you to assign the various controls, the faders, the knobs, etc., to um, the lighting desk. One that's really popular on the the uh, lower budget end is the Behringer uh, B control system. Um, that's really popular, and so I definitely check those out. Um, there's like a a compact. Um, oh, what did they call them now? They were the BCF, but now they're now they're not the BCF. They are the there's one called the Behringer. Uh, let me look it up real quick. The compact. It's not the X32, but it is the X-Touch. The X-Touch is the current range. Um, and so that's something to check out. Um, there's other ones like I have a Akai APC40, um, but you're going to be looking for things that are marketed as MIDI controllers and then looking for a piece of software that also supports MIDI controllers. Put the two together and you'll be rocking and rolling. Awesome. Our last question today comes from Mark. He says, uh, thank you for sending me your free theater guide. I'd like to start my own theater production. Okay, so this is actually really similar to the last question. This is great. Um, For the lighting, I can use existing lights. Okay. Um, Do I have any experience on how to connect Ableton Live and QLC Plus? Um, 
I have a laptop also with ShowQ systems and use an Antec USB Pro Mark II for DMX. All I can find on the internet is for Mac. I'm on a PC. Awesome. So Mark, what I would look into, this is kind of similar to the last conversation, but instead of using a MIDI controller, you're using Ableton to send out the MIDI. And the trouble is when you're trying to figure that out, get the two to talk, is that the MIDI has to leave the computer and come back to get um, to get recognized as an input, right? So one program that's really great is called Loop MIDI, okay? Loop MIDI. It's a free program. Um, it's a really great program. And it just allows you to set up um, a virtual MIDI port, which basically I'll have a link here in the show notes. Um, but it basically, you know, allows you to quickly set up um, a virtual MIDI port. So it's as if the MIDI leaves the computer and comes back. And then programs that take MIDI as an input can, can get that information that's being output from Ableton and, and input it right in. Um, if you do need help connecting things, I haven't worked with QLC Plus a ton. Uh, I've worked with it enough to use it and to see what it does and all that um, and to be comfortable with it. But I haven't used um, Ableton with it. But inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I do have an action plan called Automatic and Live that shows you how to connect Ableton with um, other pieces of software. So you might find that interesting. You might not. It might not be good for you. But anywho, hope that answers your question, Mark. That's uh, all the questions we got for today. Thank you guys for sending them in. I always love answering them. Now, I'm off actually um, later this week. I'm going to go to the USITT trade show. It's in Louisville, Kentucky this year. I'm going to be checking out some new lights. So I will probably come back and have a show report for you guys. Let you know what I saw, what I liked, and what was interesting. As I said before, um, show notes. Well, I didn't say that before. Show notes are at learnstagelighting.com slash 059 because this is episode 59 and also if you're new here check out learnstagelighting.com slash quiz where I want to send you a free guide to help you get started with lighting just like Mark the last person that we answered a question for said awesome so next week guys I got I got a cool thing for the show I think I'm going to do my show report from from USITT next week um, and then we'll be back to answering your questions again but coming up I've got a really great interview it should be coming up in a few weeks called um, with my friend Pete Greenfield and he lights for his bands and he does some really cool stuff. So we're going to be featuring him, talking to him about lighting, how to light a band, how to get started lighting bands and all kinds of good stuff like that. So I want you to be looking out for that soon. I'll see you guys here next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.